Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you so much for checking out episode number one of the Dynasty Drive. Uh, so, again, sincerely appreciate anybody taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, but real quick, let's go over kind of uh, the sort of things that we're going to want to cover on this podcast. Um, first, a little bit about me. I've been playing fantasy football and love fantasy football um, more than a lot of other things, but I've been playing for, I don't even know how many years anymore. And uh, the first time I was introduced to the format of Dynasty, I was kind of hooked, uh, sort of immediately fell in love with it, loved the long-term play of it, loved that it kind of goes all year round and it fit in perfect with my love of both the NFL, uh, college football, the NFL draft. Um, it just kind of tied everything together for me and was like, you know, wow, this is kind of the perfect way to play fantasy football. And with all that being said, I do think that there is um, always kind of more room uh, for more dynasty-focused content. Um, there's, of course, places that are doing an awesome job uh, in covering dynasty. Uh, shout out to like the dynasty nerds. Uh, they do an awesome job. Uh, fantasy footballers do an awesome job of covering some dynasty focused stuff and answer a lot of dynasty questions but just something that I always kind of find myself thinking wow I kind of wish there was more places for me to turn and kind of get specific output or opinions or content as it applies to dynasty leagues whatever the more specific kind of format inside dynasty might be uh, so that's sort of what we're going to focus on um not so much the redraft aspect, not so much, you know, even just the few keeper leagues here and there, but kind of a full blown dynasty setup. So within that, I really want to kind of get involved with uh, incoming rookie classes every year and how we're going to, you know, value particular players, how they kind of project once, uh, you know, before they're drafted and after they're drafted to their actual pro teams to kind of see um, sort of how they're going to project in the in the scope of dynasty and fantasy football in particular, uh, where their ADPs are at, um, you know, what kind of sleepers we can get, you know, later in rookie drafts as opposed to the guys that we all love every year, early round one. But aside from the rookies, I also want to get involved with, you know, established veteran players or established players in the NFL that uh, are probably all already on rosters in dynasty leagues, but. How do these guys project short-term, long-term, uh, players to buy, players to sell, um, and kind of how you can kind of try and work that marketplace within maybe your league, or uh, if you don't have a league currently, uh, how it might apply to a dynasty startup league, right? Like startup drafts are such a huge, huge part of playing dynasty, and that initial draft will either set you up for initial success um, for you know multiple years to come right off the bat or maybe something where um, you know it might be more of a slow burn and it might take till that you know a couple years down the road a couple rookie drafts where you can kind of load up on some young guys and um, be kind of sustained for the long haul that way uh, of course outside of just um, you know normal rosters I kind of want to look at uh, Superflex is a big thing for a lot of people now. I like to play some Superflex. Uh, my main home dynasty league is one quarterback, but I do play in some Superflex dynasty leagues. Um, so that's something that we're going to look at as well, as well as, uh, you know, answer any questions that you guys might have. Um, so please, if you have questions, you can follow the show on Instagram at the dynasty drive, follow it on Twitter at dynasty drive. Uh, DMS are open or just shoot me in at reply and, and um, I'm always happy to kind of 
talk shop, talk dynasty, let's talk fantasy football. That's what we're here for. But with all that being said, and that's kind of where I'm at, what the show is going to focus on and where we're going to kind of try and take this thing. Uh, this week, I do want to talk about something that I feel like almost all of us have been excited about for, it feels like forever, um, but that's this class of rookie wide receivers. And I feel like we all love this class of rookie wide receivers, rightfully so. There's literally almost like a pick your flavor or pick what you like most about wide receivers. And we will see uh, shortly here that I feel like I specifically have a type this year. But um, there's so much more than the guys that we all knew were going to go early round one uh, that I love in this year's draft. That being said, the guys that went early round one, uh, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. I know that on the surface, I think a lot of people might have initially been disappointed um, with where Jerry Judy might have ended up. Um, but I really don't even mind. Like Personally, I love Cortland Sutton, but I think Jerry Judy projects as a better wide receiver long-term than Cortland Sutton does. Uh, I just think he's a more talented player. Uh, so I think that eventually... Jerry Judy becomes the guy in Denver, and I certainly don't hate that there's already another very competent player in that offense there across from him. Um, sure, maybe he won't be an absolute target monster early on, but uh, he's also not going to have to worry about opposing defenses focusing just on him. Uh, there's plenty of other weapons in that Denver offense to kind of help keep the attention off of him and uh, make life a little bit easier as he transitions to the pros. C.D. Lamb, it still feels absolutely insane to me that he ended up on the Dallas Cowboys, but I really am still kind of projecting him to have some impact even in the rookie year, even with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup both there. I mean, there's targets that are vacated by Jason Witten leaving, Randall Cobb leaving, um, and again, kind of the same thought process behind Jerry Judy, um, he doesn't necessarily have to step in and be the main target hog of that offense. Uh, there's going to be plenty of other people taking attention away from him, whether it's Cooper, Gallup, Zeke. Uh, there's plenty of other mouths there that are going to make it much easier for CeeDee Lamb to kind of fill into his role. And I do think it's an offense that should be fairly high powered and easy enough to still kind of get some production out of him. You know, might not be full blown stud wide receiver one type numbers in year one uh, but I think he's definitely going to be a playable asset and of super super valuable asset long term because who knows uh, how long exactly either Gallup or Cooper are both there I know the Cooper deal that he signed um, I think the guaranteed money is up after one or two or after the second year I believe um, I have to double check that but yeah, it's not a given that he is there for the super long haul. Michael Gallup could just as easily leave in free agency if they see C.D. Lamb start produced right away. Um, so I do love C.D. Lamb long term in Dallas as well. Henry Ruggs is a player that I love in real life, but I think maybe early on we could see be far more valuable uh, in actual football than he is in the fantasy realm i could just see it in that offense with Derek carr currently you know is it a little streaky is the production kind of spotty i don't know if you're necessarily going to get um a really reliable amount of catches targets yards touchdowns on a week-to-week -week basis uh, i for sure think there's a chance that he has some absolutely huge monster blow-up type games uh, but i could also see some stretches in the rookie year where maybe the production's disappointing but ultimately i think all three of those guys uh, are 
long-term, very valuable dynasty assets. I would be very happy to have any of them on any of my dynasty teams. Uh, but I do kind of want to focus on a couple wide receivers, four or five specifically outside of those guys uh, that I think are going to be, you know, later picks. Uh, you won't necessarily have to spend quite as early capital, but some guys that I really like for most of these guys, how they project in the long term, as well as with immediate kind of potential payoff this year as well. Um, pretty excited about all of them. So before we get into it, any of the ADP info that I use or average draft position as it is currently um, is information that I use from Fantasy Football Calculator. I'm sure everybody's familiar, but uh, this is just based on the information from their site as of uh, as of currently. So we're the week of uh, June 15th. Uh, this will be coming out this Friday. So the first player that I want to talk about is T. Higgins. And I feel like we all kind of started to overthink T Higgins. Um, this is a guy that's 6'4", 215 pounds, um, produced at Clemson. And I really do think that in almost any other year that this is a guy that could have potentially been wide receiver one in the draft. He has an immense amount of talent. He produced in big spots at Clemson. I think it, more than anything for him, it's just a victim of being in a stacked wide receiver group. Um, he won on deep routes at Clemson. I'm mildly concerned with if he has the speed to separate in the pros. Um, but I do think ultimately he's competent enough with the speed that he has and can kind of use his body in ways enough to kind of box out defenders. Uh, I love him in the jump ball scenarios, but I think, and for most of us, if the vast majority of us uh, believe in Joe Burrow, and I know most people seem to, and rightfully so, he had a fantastic year, but if you believe that Joe Burrow is almost a lock to be a, a great quarterback or at worst a very good quarterback, I want shares of T Higgins uh, because if that's the guy and Cincinnati's going to trust him to throw the ball all over the place, I want the guy that projects to be there long-term to potentially grow with him. How long is AJ Green going to be there? Obviously he's there this year, but how much longer than this year are we expecting AJ Green to be in that offense? Higgins is clearly the heir apparent uh, to grow with Joe Burrow and I want to grab him wherever I can because the ADP currently is late round one, early round two. It was at the, the 112. Um, if I can grab this guy early round two, I am absolutely doing backflips. I'm going to be thrilled about it because I think he is so much more talented than that in all actuality. Uh, I just think it's he's the victim of, well, you know, any other year, he's probably, you know, almost a consensus mid-round one, maybe even early round one dynasty rookie pick. But he comes out in a year where he has rugs, Judy, Lamb, even uh, you know Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, all these guys kind of go ahead of him round one, so the capital's invested in them. But I love this player. I think that he will be good uh, in his rookie year. Might not be again, you know, huge numbers right off the bat. But I love that he gets to play across from AJ Green in his rookie year, uh, potentially learn some from AJ Green, and then take over as the heir apparent once AJ Green kind of inevitably phases out of that offense. So T. Higgins is the first guy uh, that I'm very excited about after the top three big receivers. Second is a guy that is later than uh, later than T. Higgins is going to be available, and at the ADP right now is crazy. What's on there? If it's this late, 
I'm absolutely taking this shot 10 times out of 10. And that's Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, uh, who got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. This man is an absolute freak show. 6'4", 238, ran 4'4", at the combine. Just scary athletic ability. Um, potential for him to just kind of be deployed in all sorts of matchup scenarios, uh, almost like a move tight end. Um but I do think he can play, you know, traditional outside wide receiver role as well. He had the college production last year, uh, 66 catches, uh, just over 1,000 yards, 1,037 yards, 13 touchdowns, so 15.7 yards per catch. Um, I absolutely like that production, and I think um, the Steelers, it's one of those things where it's kind of silly maybe a little bit, but I sort of also just trust their eyes on wide receivers. Um, I know, you know, everybody this year seems to love Deontay Johnson moving forward. But, you know, even go back further than that. This is a team that if everybody's right on Deontay, they drafted Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Go back further, Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace. I mean, it's a Heinz Ward. It's just forever been a team that seems like they can identify wide receiver talent. Um, but more importantly than that, what is the future for Juju specifically in Pittsburgh? Uh, is Juju a guy that signs long-term with the Steelers? Um, I'm not really sure. I could kind of go either way on that. Um, if he's going to be somebody that will be there long-term or if he's somebody that will kind of phase out and go someplace else if the Steelers don't want to commit that huge, big, long-term money in him once he hits free agency. Uh, but the wide receiver group as a whole is kind of messy kind of muddled right so they draft chase claypool they have juju it feels like everybody's projecting deontay johnson to take a huge step forward james washington quietly had a decent year last year i know the stats were kind of down for everybody with the horrible quarterback situation that they were all playing through um but james washington put up you know more yards than deontay johnson did and we're all you know falling head over heels for deontay this year but the thing that makes me want to take a shot on Chase Claypool is his ADP currently is the 307. And it is 100% of the time worth the dart throw for me if I can get him that late. If I took him early round three, I would still be happy if I had a pressing need at wide receiver because I'm willing to bet on the huge athletic traits that this guy has. Um Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll get burned. But um, that late in a rookie draft, if I have a need at wide receiver or if I have a loaded team and I'm just trying to draft best player available, I will absolutely take a shot on Clay Chase Claypool. No problems there. The third guy that I kind of want to get into a little bit, and uh, you know, this is a, a homer pick a little bit, but uh, Denzel Mims. Full disclosure, I am a New York Jets fan, so I'm... Uh, hoping that Denzel Mims is very good but another guy I mean you can kind of see sort of the theme that I've kind of fallen into this year some of these guys with the size speed combo is just I'm absolutely willing to roll the dice on it Denzel Mims 6'3 207 pounds ran 438 at the combine um, from Baylor drafted by the New York Jets the opportunity that Denzel Mims has is pretty incredible um, Jamison Crowder is really the only proven wide receiver uh, in the Jets offense currently. They shot they signed Brashad Perriman after Robbie Anderson left, but um, you know that's a total jump ball 50-50 shot if Brashad Perriman is 
what he was those last few games with Tampa last year or what he was, you know, multiple years before that with both the Browns briefly and uh, the Ravens uh, when he was initially drafted as a first-round pick. He could be good, but um, Denzel is going to have every opportunity, I think, to be an immediate contributor uh, both in their base offense but especially in the red zone where the Jets were flat-out bad last year uh, Denzel Mims brings something that they absolutely lack and that's a real red zone presence um, and it's it should pay off hopefully uh, sort of immediately uh, he will I think will immediately be one of their best red zone weapons along with Chris Herndon um, but Denzel Mims will have every chance to show that he can kind of be that future wide receiver one for Sam Darnold and uh, again another guy that you know I'm not expecting him to necessarily lead the team in catches or anything like that. Ultimately, I think that'll be Jamison Crowder. And who knows, you know, leading the team in yards could be uh, could be Chris Herndon, could still be Crowder, could be Brashad Perriman if everything goes right. But I think that Denzel Mims absolutely has a chance to lead the team in receiving touchdowns uh, just for the fact that he is such a size-speed weapon and even, you know, inside the 20 should immediately improve their red zone passing offense. Another guy that you can grab him in the second round. ADP right now is the 204. And I think with the potential of what he can give you in year one, even as a rookie, but especially long-term if everything goes right this year, uh, you're talking about a guy that could maybe be trusted to be the wide receiver one for Sam Darnold as soon as next year or by the end of this year if everything goes right. Fourth in uh, what seems like my list of just giant human beings this year is Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, 6'4", 223 pounds, ran a 4.52 at the Combine. And this is a guy, honestly, not to try and turn this into a Jets podcast or anything, but Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy that I really, really wanted to end up on the Jets uh, when he was coming out of USC. Um, it feels like every wide receiver I really love this year has the size element, but it's another guy that had good production uh, his senior year at college, 101 catches, just under 1,300 yards, 1,275 yards, 11 touchdowns, uh, 12.6 yards per catch. It's kind of similar to Denzel Mims and what I expect his red zone opportunity to be uh, pretty immediately in the year. I think for him, what he benefits from, aside from kind of uh, what Denzel Mims has, Denzel Mims sure he's got you know Jamison Crowder there with him to maybe help draw a little bit of attention away but Michael Pittman Jr. playing across from T.Y. Hilton in year one um, I love that I love that you know the the main coverage is probably almost always going to be rolled towards T.Y. Uh, assuming he can stay healthy but Philip Rivers being there um, Pittman should have chances to produce uh, Philip Rivers is going to throw the ball around whether he's got it or not is a different story for a different day, uh, but he's going to have the chance. And I love that he has, um, I do love that he has a veteran quarterback for this year. And I do love that he has a veteran wide receiver across from him. That should kind of help ease his transition a little bit. This is another guy that you can get in the mid to late second round right now. And that's crazy to me. His ADP currently is at the two Oh nine and round two is filled with wide receivers that I believe could potentially turn into the primary target on their teams. Um, again, this is a guy that I think he can contribute year one, but after the fact, as TY continues to get a little older, um, 
Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy that I think could profile as, you know, the number one wide receiver on a team. Uh, and even if not, it's a team that I'm willing to invest on pieces in that offense right now. It's a high-end offensive line. They'll have a good running game between Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I trust Frank Reich as an offensive mind and Phillip Rivers being there right now to throw the ball around. I'm willing to invest in Michael Pittman Jr., especially if I can get him late round two like the 209 or after that that feels like stealing honestly and the fifth wide receiver that i want to talk about and especially talking about like feeling like i'm stealing brian edwards of the las vegas raiders this guy six foot three 212 pounds he didn't run the 40 at the combine but this guy feels like the most slept on player like all year both in terms of the actual nfl draft and now even still in rookie drafts i love brian edwards potential short and long term he's got prototypical wide receiver size the college production the numbers aren't necessarily eye-popping in terms of the totals but if you just watch the guy on film or on tape he possesses the ability to both win yards after catch and with you know good footwork and you know beat him press at the line he can run good routes more importantly like i said earlier i love henry ruggs but i can easily see henry ruggs ending up as a more useful or reliable wide receiver in real life than somebody in any in any format of uh, any format of fantasy excuse me he could have streakier production than someone like edwards but both should kind of benefit from one another, right? Um, Rugs being there with absolute elite top-end speed should open up everything in the intermediate game for somebody like Edwards and even the short game for somebody like Edwards. Uh, Rugs, Waller, Josh Jacobs all being there can, again, like some of the other guys we've talked about, keep teams from focusing just on Brian Edwards. He's not going to have to come in and be a guy that can, you know, catch over 100 passes year one but having so many other pieces there to kind of ease things up on him i think helps out a lot but the adp right now is the 212 that is practically round three if i can get brian edwards early round three that is theft absolute theft i would be happy to have him so much earlier than that if i had to take him mid round two i'd be happy with that honestly because i love this player if i can get him late round two or in the beginning of round three it is an absolute no-brainer for me 100 times out of 100 and those are just some of the guys that i love after kind of the consensus early first round picks mid first round picks uh the Judys, Rugs, CD Lambs of the world. But there's still so many other players that I love at wide receiver this year. If you are somebody that needs young wide receivers to build around on your dynasty squad, this is the year, man. I would take multiple swings if I needed wide receivers. I mean, there's plenty of other guys that I didn't even touch on at all. Justin Jefferson, I love him in uh, Minnesota. Not necessarily being that he's the same type of player that Stefan Diggs is, but I love that he can kind of slot right in across from Adam Thielen. Um, I love, you know, LaVisca Chenault, what he can be in Jacksonville as a guy with potentially uh, touches being manufactured for him if he can stay healthy. 
could be somebody to to slot in nicely across from DJ Chark. Um, Jalen Rager is somebody with a, a crazy amount of upside in that Philly offense if they can kind of scheme him the right way. And even somebody like Brandon Ayuk um, can kind of fit into that San Francisco offense. I'm actually very interested to see Brandon Ayuk uh, in that Shanahan offense and kind of grow with Debo um, as somebody that if they can kind of manufacture some touches for him in the screen game, like pop screens, bubble screens, stuff like that, that I could also see Jacksonville doing with LaVisca Chenault, uh, is somebody that, that could be huge. I mean, there's just so many different players at wide receiver this year that I'm interested in taking a chance on. And uh, that's kind of going to wrap it up for where I want to talk about the wide receivers. Uh, again, like I said earlier, I really, really appreciate anybody taking the time to check out this podcast. Um, if you're into it or if you have any feedback, please uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast wherever you are listening. Um, any feedback is greatly appreciated. Like we said earlier, follow the show on uh, Instagram at the Dynasty Drive. Uh, follow on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. And Again, uh, one other thing that I think I forgot to mention early on, uh, we've got a number set up for voicemails. You can call and leave voicemails if you've got questions you want answered or topics you want to talk about. The number for that is 570-580-0694. Again, 570-580-0694. Please call, leave voicemails. Um, we can answer questions on the show. We can, If you've got topics you want to suggest, um, feedback that you want stuff on questions about your league in particular settings questions roster questions commissioner questions we could do any of that stuff um really look forward to kind of getting into it all a little bit more and uh next week we're kind of going to do the same thing this week like we did this week uh but about some of the rookie running backs. And there's also, of course, some guys that I'm super interested in getting involved with in the running backs. Uh, but again, thank you for checking out episode number one of the Dynasty Drive. I look forward to talking with you guys soon. And thank you so much.